Hello, and welcome to Grand Canyon Echoes, the voice of District 3 Toastmasters. Good afternoon, Toastmasters. This is your podcast host, Don Griffith. Welcome to Grand Canyon Echoes. Today, I have with me Antonio Valles. Say hello, Tony. Hello. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Tony, you are a Toastmaster, correct? Right. How long have you been a Toastmaster? I joined back in 1995, and I remember the year because that's when my first grandson was born. So I've been there, I've been here for, what, 26 years already? Wow. Yeah. yeah. And your grandson is now 26 years my old. My grandson is 26 <laughs> years old. So that's, a, that's how long I've been here. Tell me how you found Toastmasters. There was a lady in my work, and she noticed how I was struggling to do presentations. I was in marketing at that time. I had just started because I, could, I was in marketing for a long time. But uh, I had to do a lot of presentations. There were customer presentations, and there were also presentations to the different people there, in, employees. And she noticed how many filler words I had and how difficult it was for me to put my thoughts in order and then give a good presentation. So she invited me, and it happened that they, I started traveling a lot, so I could not continue attending those masters. But as soon as I was able to continue attending, I came back. So actually, I started back in, I guess it was in 93, 94, but I was there only for about three meetings or so. And then I started again in 95. I always like to ask my guests to tell me about their very first meeting. What was it like? How did you feel? Were you nervous? Were you expectant? How, how was that first meeting for you? It, it was exciting, actually. It was exciting. I was a little bit nervous because I've never been there. I didn't know anybody except the lady that invited me. And it was uh, kind of... Uh, Overwhelming. I've never been in an environment like that, and then I saw everybody talk. Oh my God. So I, I heard a speech that I still remember. And I, I remember one of the phrases that, that, that he said uh, do it. <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> and that's, uh, that's something uh, that I remember. It was overwhelming, but then little by little it started getting better. Then they asked me for my icebreaker later on, and I had not prepared it, so I have the nerves to get up and do an icebreaker off the cuff. So and you decided to do it? I decided to do it right there because they, they, they had already told me. I said, well, I'll do it. I'll go ahead and do it. And it was... <laughs> I don't know how I did it, but I did. Well, that's... Great. And you've been doing it for 26 years. For 26 years. What right. are you up to now in Toastmasters? What do you like to do? Or what kind of uh, activities are you involved with? Yes, uh, well, I'm 
a professional speaker right now. I've done a number of presentations, uh, seminars, basically webinars, uh, some seminars before the pandemic, and then I did a number of webinars. And I'm also a, a inspirational speaker. I, I'm still, I'm just starting on that. But one of the things that I really enjoy is coaching, coaching people, coaching speakers. And the more coachable they are, the better. I found people that just uh, are difficult to coach. They they don't want they you they want to accept criticism they want to do it their own way and i try to be as patient as possible and that's what i try to do and convince them that they have to do it a certain way i don't tell them what to do really i just suggest that they should do that and i always say you're the ceo of your speech so whatever you do you do it, you know, that's your own responsibility. Yeah. Or, but here are some of the areas where you can improve and where you can be able to do better in what you're doing. Yeah. So you're a professional speaker. Are you part of the District Speakers Bureau? Yes, I am. I've been a part for three years. Uh, this is my third year with them. Tell us a little bit about the Speakers Bureau. What happens well, we're here to serve the community, and we go and talk to different businesses or community organizations where they need speakers or where they need training in speaking. And so they go, we go out, and this serves two functions. The first one is we help we provide that service for free and the other one is that we get the practice and we get to develop our skills and that will help uh, us in becoming a pro it's my understanding talking to people like steve fell who is leading up the speakers bureau this year that speakers bureau isn't just for professional speakers there are some people involved who are perhaps aspiring to be a professional. So they're joining and being involved to get trained. Right. Well, that's what we do. I mean, I'm beginning, so I'm not, uh, I, you know, I'm saying I'm a professional speaker, but that's a, a wish that I have, and that's something where I, that's a vision that I, I look at myself as a professional speaker, but I still have to do many, many speeches to be able to get that, training and that uh, ability that I want. Yeah, I look at this as an extension of what our regular Toastmasters clubs do. Right. The purpose of Toastmasters isn't to make professional speakers. That was never the stated goal. Right. You can't find that anywhere in our mission statement. Yeah. However, many members do want to use Toastmasters as a place to learn and practice. Right. Because they do intend yeah. to go on and perhaps earn a living being a speaker. Being a speaker. In, in whatever field that might be. So the Speakers Bureau it kind of fulfills that area of providing some expert, extra level of training, for instance. If you're going to be a professional speaker, let's talk about the business side. Let's talk about the scheduling side. Let's talk about the marketing side of being a speaker. 
not just the technique and the gestures and your speech structure and things like that. Right. We get a lot. We get that in Toastmasters, but yeah. I don't know any Toastmaster club that teaches people how to market themselves as a professional. No. That's no, not part they, of the normal program. That's not part of uh, yeah. what we are. That is correct. And actually, in my case, I've done my training to become a professional speaker outside of Toastmasters. You know, I, I, but if, he, if it w- w- wasn't for Toastmasters, I wouldn't be here today. Yeah. I would have never, ever had the desire to become a professional speaker if it hadn't been for, for Toastmasters. So you were inspired. Yeah. <laughs> you were inspired. Yeah. What kind of speeches do you like to give? You mentioned motivational speeches. Yeah. What, what's your ideal audience? Well, it's people that are looking to be inspired or people that, that need... It, let's talk about my uh, webinars for speaking skills or storytelling skills. There is a business owners or, uh, you know, I have a lot of Toastmasters because I've given webinars and I don't charge for them. So I, I have a number of Toastmasters that I have given webinars to. And so that's that's the first type of people. And you, Toastmasters, we, we have every, anyone. But... I have also students that I that I work with right now. As a matter of fact, I'm doing a uh, I'm working with uh, children. They are from elementary school, and they are uh, doing a competition in and they have Lego competitions, and but they need to do presentations, and they're very very afraid. So they invited me. This is a nonprofit organization. It's called. Uh, uh, I guess it's Si Se Puede. And uh, they train, uh, they develop, and they help these children compete in, in in Lego building robots and things like that. But when they do the presentation, they, they struggle because they're afraid. So I'm teaching them to not be afraid and also to think, to be able to think, breathe, and be confident of the self of themselves. That's great. So, so have you gone to any of their Lego competitions? I just started. I just started, so that's what I'm going to be doing. Well, that'll be but fun. I, but I'm going to be working for the next, uh, for the rest of the year, every Saturday. <laughs> great. Yeah. Yeah. So that's 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 another another type of people. I really like uh, business owners. Uh, that is my target market: business owners that need to do uh, uh, professional speaking. That they need to do presentations. And I've done a, a couple, but I'm, I'm still looking for that field. Now, after being in Toastmasters for 26 years. You've probably done a lot of different activities. You don't just stay in your club, right? You've been involved with conferences, and and I believe you've been in contests before. Right, right. What's it like to be a contestant? Oh, it's beautiful. I love it. I love it. For me, not competing in Toastmasters is like not being in Toastmasters. So that's that's uh, you feel the adrenaline, but it. 
it's not easy to be in a contest because it takes a lot of work. You have to practice, you have to prepare, craft your speech, and make sure that the speech has a good message and that you have, you're able to deliver it. So it takes crafting, it takes, it takes delivery. So you take a speech and you go through it and rewrite it and rewrite it and then the practice delivery, practice delivery, and it never ends, it never ends. It just keep, you just keep going. You keep, and if, if you win at the club, then you have to go to the area, then you, at the area you have to practice uh, before you go there. And then if you get to the division level, then that's even more difficult. And going to the district, it's competing at the district level, it's quite something. I've been fortunate to be there. I have been there one time and I was able to get second place there. But that was uh, back in, 19, in 2016. So I tried the other years to be there and I stopped, I get stopped at the division. So, so even though you lose a contest, you keep doing it? Of course, of course. It's, it's not easy to lose. If you lose, then you have to think of, of your real goals. What is the real world that you're competing? And my, my goal or my purpose for competing is that I want to inspire others. That is, so if I inspire one person, then I win. That's the way I say it. It's not easy to think that when you lose, but then little by little, you know, you, you, you get back to it. And, you, and that's why I go back and compete again. I've heard stories from people who've come in second place, for instance, in a big speech contest. And they will tell the story that afterwards, somebody in the audience came up to them and said, I'm, I'm glad you were in the competition. You didn't win, but what you said to me has changed my life. That's right. You never know who you are going to inspire. Right. Now, right. a lot of the things you describe, the techniques, the practice, the f formulating your message and so forth, you could just do that in the club. What's special about bringing it into a contest situation? I guess that's the that's one of the areas of Toastmasters, and that's something that uh, has been done, has been implemented. That's the competition, and I guess what happens there is that you're looking for improvement. That's the way to that you can improve speaking, and uh, but it, I guess that uh, we as uh, humans. If we don't see something ahead of us that is going to be worthwhile, we don't do it. So, yeah. and and we're all uh, well, not all of us, but in my case, I'm very competitive, and I want to, I want to win. You know, I, I'm not lying. I mean, I want to win, but the other objective is to inspire people. Yeah. So if I meet either one, then. I'm a winner. <laughs> it seems to me that there's another great advantage of being in a contest. When you are just speaking in your club, you get very comfortable right. with your members, familiar faces. You shake hands, or you give them a big hug, or whatever it might be. And I'm talking about the, the in-person meetings. Yeah. But it's the same people each week, and you can get 
a level of satisfaction and comfort from that. Right. But now you go to a contest. It's not a familiar audience. You may know a few people in the audience, but it's a whole different audience. Can you still communicate? Can you still be comfortable speaking to that audience? And when you get to the district level, the audience is maybe 100 or 200 people. And I see it as a another kind of inspiration, an inspiration to the speaker to up their game. It isn't enough to have a good message. You've got to deliver that message so well that the judges have no choice but to put you first. And that takes talent. It takes work. It takes a little bit of luck. It takes effort. And you've been putting in that effort. I appreciate that. And so yeah. the different kinds of contests are also interesting. I, yeah. I believe you've been competing in the international contest. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, that's that's basically it. Yeah. I, I competed one time in the Tall Tales because I they I got eliminated on the international, and as I got eliminated, they invited me to do Tall Tales, so I went ahead and did Tall yeah. Tales, but I didn't go too far. <laughs> I enjoy all of them, the Tall Tales contest, the Evaluation contest, and the Table Topics contest. You know, people who say, why should, you know, how could I be in a Table Topics contest? What what would I do? How do I prepare? How do you prepare for any Table Topics? You don't. You don't. Other than getting practice, standing up there and waiting for that mystery question to come and see how well you can can handle it. Yeah, Table Topics is uh, a challenge. I've never done Table Topics but I've seen people compare, uh, compete, and the the winners are, are you know, fascinating. They fascinate me because they they come up with the answer right away. And yeah. there's people like that. There's there's members that uh, are able to respond to anything, and they always have humor and they have something wise to say. So yeah. uh, I. Uh, I admire them. Yeah. I really admire those people. The the final contest category is the humorous speech contest, which is a yeah. lot of fun. Kind of by definition, if it's done well, it's it's funny, it's fun, it's intended to uh, entertain right. as opposed to motivate or inspire, but it can do both if it's done well. Right. What else have you been up to in Toastmasters during 26 years? Have you done any um, district service and district officer roles? Uh, uh, yes, yes. One of the uh, roles that I had to do was an area governor. They don't have area governors now. They're called area directors. And that's what I was. I was there for a year. I needed that to be able to get my DTM. So that's, that's what I did. It. Mm-hmm. And it's just very, t- when you go out and serve, it's a, a different world. The, Toastmasters opens for you really there. That's when you really know what Toastmasters is all about. Mm-hmm. Because that they, that's service, that's helping everyone and doing the things that are required to make, uh, to continue making this organization great. Yeah. And I, I know that you've been all, all the way up to, uh, uh, you were a district director, right? I was. Yeah. And also a... Um, uh, how do you call it? P, past, you're a past... Past international director. Past yes. international director, yeah. right, yeah. Not everybody wants to do 
that level of, of leadership service, in my case, I didn't set out to do that when I first yeah. joined. I didn't even know of, about those things. Yeah. And most Toastmasters don't. When a new Toastmaster joins, yeah. they just see their club. Right. And right. if the club is a good club, they will see a quality meeting every time. Yeah. And then yeah. their eyes can be opened by going and visiting another club or going to a speech contest and just being an observer. And you just never know what right. will grab someone and right. get them inspired to do more than just the club. Right. Do you have any advice for people who are listening who are not Toastmasters that may, have, first of all, may not know, have, ne have never heard of it, but, or have heard of it, but don't really know much? What would you say to them? Well, I would say to them to review their goals. What are your goals? What do you want to do? And if you want to become a speaker, if you need uh, to do uh, speaking in your areas, and if you want to be, become a better salesman, uh, or whatever type of, uh, of job that you have, position that you have, that requires either sales, uh, selling anything or doing presentations, then you need to come to Toastmasters and get the training that we have. And even if you are speaking, you're selling something. So we are all salesmen. And we uh, in Toastmasters learn how to sell results. And when you sell results, then you basically sell your product. And that's what we teach you when you come to Toastmasters. So when you say we're a salesman, if somebody's listening out there and say, I'm not a salesman, okay, I, I'm an accountant, or I am I'm a yeah. nurse, or yeah. I just answer phones, can Toastmasters help them? Definitely, definitely, because you are communicating in, a, in many different ways. And if you have a function where you are have people uh, that you need to uh, convince to do something, that you need to interact with them, then you can come to Toastmasters and not only learn to this, uh, improve your speaking skills, but also your leadership skills. So uh, Toastmasters can help us in any one of those areas. As you're talking, I'm thinking about people with ordinary jobs, someone who is a receptionist and answers phones. When you answer that phone, you don't know what's going to be said. That's like a table topics in Toastmasters, right. that surprise question. And what are you selling there? What you're selling is, to the other person on the other end of the line, you're selling competence. You're selling access to the executive or to the organization. You're selling yourself as an able employee making a good impression for your company right. by being right. eloquent and able to speak without getting tongue-tied. Yes. If you're a nurse, nurses yeah. talk to people all the time. They talk yeah. to doctors, they talk to patients, and if you can be effective in your communications, yeah. in all those varied situations, and these days, and really always, some of those conversations are tough. Right. 
And if you've got some training that Toastmasters can give you to be more confident in those kind of situations. So there's a lot for everybody. Yeah, yeah. If you are listening and you're intrigued, you want to know more, go to the Toastmasters website. It's an easy address. It's toastmasters.org. They'll have a lot of information there, and on the homepage there's a big friendly button that says Find a Club. You can put in that information about where you live, what day of the week you may be thinking about going to a meeting, time of day, and you will find there's a Toastmaster Club near you probably, especially if you live in a reasonably large town. Check it out. Toastmasters is waiting for your call. So we're trying to sell Toastmasters on this podcast, obviously, but we also wanted to feature our members. Tony, it has been fun talking to you. I appreciate you all the years I've known you because I've been in Toastmasters 24 years. So I've run into you over and over and over through the years at conferences and contests, and you've always struck me as a, a wonderful representative of Toastmasters. Good luck on the professional speaking. Thank you. And, and the learning you're getting out of the Speakers Bureau. If you are a member and you're interested in the Speakers Bureau, in what it can offer, or you're intrigued by what we've talked about it today, go to the district website and navigate to the Speakers Bureau page. There's information there about the program and information to apply to be a member of the Speakers Bureau. And you don't have to be a professional to be right. a member. Right. You, you just have to want to improve yourself. Tony, any yes. last comments for the good of the order? Thank you. Thank you very much. This is a great opportunity. I really appreciate it. And uh, if you are a Toastmaster or not a Toastmaster, just keep being proactive. And I wish you best of luck. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Grand Canyon Echoes, the voice of District 3 Toastmasters. To volunteer to be featured on the podcast or to suggest future topics, write podcast at aztoastmasters.org. That email again is podcast at aztoastmasters.org. Toastmasters International and all other Toastmasters International trademarks and copyrights are the sole property of Toastmasters International. This podcast is independent of Toastmasters International. It is not endorsed by, sponsored by, affiliated with, or otherwise connected with Toastmasters International other than for the use of the name Toastmasters International.